Do you find yourself yearning for a deeper, more purposeful existence? Get ready to embark on a transformative journey, diving deep into the realms of personal development, friendships, romance, and abundance. Get ready for Finding the Fire, Igniting Soul Connection, as we lead the way to embrace the fire within. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Hopefully I can get through this because, man... And again, like you process this stuff in layers, right? And Every time you share, you actually process more. It helps you and it helps everyone else. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, thank you for letting me share this. But um, hopefully this helps other people too and understand like the process. And so hopefully they, they can um, help themselves before it gets to the dire state I was in for sure. Um, so this, this um, cardiologist is like, he's like, one of them is is a really quick test. Like he's like, I can do the scan on you. We have to put you under really quickly, and if and there could be this small hole in your heart, and if it's that, then you know we give you this medicine and it repairs the hole and you're fine and you'll be good to go. And he's like, if it's not that, he's like, that's quick and fast and we can determine that right now today. And if it's not that, then it's your adrenals, and then you need to see. Um, an endocrinologist and we'll get you, you know, set up with that. And, but unfortunately that takes longer. And so in, in my awareness, I'm like, okay, it's going to be this hole in my heart because I don't have longer. Like I, I, I don't have longer. And I, I wasn't saying this, but, but he gave me that hope and I'm like, okay, you know, I can hold out for this test They're they're going to find it. It's going to be this hole in my heart and they're going to give me the medication. I'm going to be fine. You know? And that was all the energy I had. Like if, if I was told, oh, I'm sorry, like it's this, but you're going to have to wait this long because there was no endocrinologist in, in the town working at the time. Like they came down from up north every up from Salt Lake every like three weeks. And they're like, you're going to have to wait till he comes in town and, you know, all this stuff. I'm like, I knew I didn't, I couldn't wait. Like there was nothing left in me. But so I'm like, oh, it's going to be this hole in my heart and I'll be good. And so he's like, unfortunately, I can't like get you back for five hours but because he had a busy cardiac day, right? And he has all these cardiac patients that need him. And so, and I'm like, okay. And I didn't say this to him, but I'm like, you know, like making this, this deal with my soul and God and whoever else, like, I don't know what I believed in at the time, but like, okay, I can hold on for five hours, you know, and, and then they're going to get me help. It'll be okay. Like, even though like my heart rate's doing this, right. And like my soul's literally like leaving my body and I'm like calling it back in and Um, but I can hold out for five more hours. I made that like resolution within myself. And I don't know what happened from when he walked out of my room to about three minutes later, but he walked right back in himself and he's like, you're coming with me right now. And he pushed my gurney up to cardiology and did the test on me right then. And, um, unfortunately it wasn't the hole in my heart. So I didn't get the help that day. And so he, um, he's like, but we'll, we will get you help. Like we're, I have already called, sorry, I'm choking up. It's hard to talk about. He's like, I've already been on the phone with the cardiologist or the endocrinologist. Um, you know, he's going to be here. We're going to get you in, even though he's booked, like we're getting you in as soon as he's down here, you know, we'll get you taken care of, but that's going to be like two weeks, you know? And and I'm like, in my, I'm like, okay, thank you. But I knew I didn't have two weeks. And, um, 
and I knew I wasn't going to die in a hospital. And, um, damn, damn, this is hard to talk about. Um, and just like thinking about my kids, cause my kids at that point had lost a brother. They had lost their dad to suicide. And now like I'm dying of something that, you know, they haven't been able to diagnose thus far, but now I'm so far down, like I don't have anything left to hold on to. So I had already like resolved myself And this sounds freaking crazy now, but when you are in fight or flight and you're literally dying, like you might not make the most rational decision. Right. But I knew I wasn't going to die in a hospital away from my kids. I knew I was going to die with my kids and I wanted them to like have fun with me instead of the opposite of what they had experienced with the prior deaths in their life. So I planned a trip to Disneyland with them and, um, and I wasn't telling them and I, and I was remarried at the time and I wasn't telling my husband, my husband knew I was, you know, going to doctors and like something was wrong, but he didn't know how severe it was. Um, cause they weren't finding anything wrong. Right. So he's like, well then you're fine. And so then I have to be fine, you know? And, um, but I had told him, I'm like, Hey, we're going to go to Disneyland. It was spring break. Um, so it was the right timing told him, you know, get some days off work and we're, we're going down to Disneyland. So, um, we're driving down and my, uh, nurse practitioner who was my good friend, she actually worked in the NICU with me prior to getting her practitioner license. Um, she was one who had been on this journey with me. Like she knew me, first of all, she was with me when I lost my son and my husband. And then as my health started deteriorating, she was one of the many practitioners I was seeing to try and figure out what's going on. And so every time I was in the ER, she would get my lab work and she would review it and she would sit down with all the doctors in, in her clinic and they would go over it and she would pray over my case every night. And at the time I wasn't LDS and I kind of had this, uh, or I say LDS, but religious, I, I grew up LDS and was out of my personal religion, but I didn't know if I believed in God or anything else. I mean, I, I knew there was something else obviously, but I wasn't personally religious. So she's like, Cindy, I hope this is okay. But because this is my belief, I pray over your case every night. And I'm like, whatever you feel called to do, I'm not, you know, thank you. <clears throat> so, um, so she had gotten all this ER information, right? And she sat down with all the doctors in her clinic and prayed over it that night. And the next day she went back and looked over all the lab work that they had drawn from me every day that I had been in that week. Plus all the other lab work I had drawn outside of being in, in, in the hospital and she saw that I had no cortisol in my body. Every time they drew my labs, I had zero cortisol. And cortisol is your stress hormone. And cortisol uh, fluctuates through the day, like you have the most in the morning, and then it fluctuates through the day, dips down, and then you get another peak around 3 p.m. and dips down, and then you restore at night when you sleep, and, and then you have a... a storage again for the day. But as cortisol is fluctuating, you have another hormone called ACTH and it's fluctuating the opposite. So it's like a scale, it's a balance and they keep each other in balance. 
And um, I also had no ACTH in my body. And if you have no cortisol and no ACTH, you're not alive. And um, the doctors, you know, with everything, trying to figure out what was wrong with me, they were overlooking this. They weren't looking at that. But she, getting all my labs and had been with me all this time, like, and praying and sitting with her, her um, companion, you know, her, her colleagues, uh, finally saw this. And so the next day after my ER visit, I'm driving down to Disneyland with my kids and she calls me and we're about to Vegas at that point. Uh, for those that don't know, like I live in Southern Utah and have to go through Vegas to get to California to Disneyland. So Vegas is about an hour and a half away from my home and about three and a half hours away from Disneyland. And so she calls me and she's like, Cindy, where are you? And I said, um, I'm in the car and she's like, you need to go to the ER right now. I'm like, no, I've been to the ER. They can't help me. And she's like, Cindy, you have no cortisol in your body. You need to get to the ER right now. And I said, I'm not going back to the ER. They can't help me there. And again, like looking back, this doesn't sound rational, but, but this is where I was at because I had gone to doctors over and over and over and I had been in the ER over and over and over and I had every lab drawn out of me and and like they weren't finding it so she's like Cindy you have no cortisol in your body you're in an adrenal crisis and I said I know because that's what the cardiologist had told me at that point he's like your adrenals are shot you need to see the endocrinologist he'll be here in two weeks we got an appointment set up so I knew all that part but at the time, I didn't know that I had no cortisol because even the cardiologist hadn't picked up on that, right? She picked up on it that night and she's calling me and she looked back over all my labs and she saw that I had running no cortisol. And she's like, if you're not, she's like, I'm not going back there. They've been treating me like I'm crazy. They wanted to admit me to be med and um, I'm not going back. She's like, well, if you won't go there, then go to the closest ER in Vegas. And she's like, I'll call him. I'll give him an update. I'll tell him everything. You need steroids now. And I said, no, I'm not doing that. I'm like, I, I'm a nurse. I worked at the hospital. I did critical care. I did rotations in ER. I know what people, what they say about people like that. If, if you're like going to the, they had already like deemed me in my head, either crazy or drug seeking, which is silly and ironic. Cause I never asked for nor took any, any drugs while I was there. Um, but that was like the, the word circulating around. So, so when people go to a different hospital with the same mm -hmm. complaints, then they say you're ER shopping, trying to get, you know, somebody to give you something. Right. So that's what was in my head. I'm like, I'm not doing that because then they're, you know, I know what they think of people that do that. They'll think I'm ER shopping and I'm not going to do that. She's like, Cindy, this is different. We have your lab work. You have no cortisol. She's, I'm like, I'm not, I'm going to Disneyland with my kids. And she's like, Cindy, I don't want to scare you, but if you don't get steroids in your body right now, you're going to die. And I said, I know I'm dying. I've been saying that for a week now and nobody's been helping me and I'm not going to die in the ER. I'm going to die with my kids. And she started crying on the phone and begging me to go in. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to. So she said, Cindy, 
I'm going to, where are you going? Tell me where you're going. I'm going to call in some steroids, some oral steroids to a pharmacy where you're going. She's like, I shouldn't do this because it's going to mess with everything in your lab work. And like, you need an endocrinologist because it's critical. Like I shouldn't be calling this in for you, but I'm going to, cause she knew I wasn't going to go in. She's like, I'm going to call you in just enough to get you through. Like how many days are you going to be there? I'm going to call you in this. You need to take it three times a day, you know, and, and then when, as soon as you go back to St. George, you go straight to the ER. I'm like, okay, you know, you know, I'll agree to that. So she did. And I miscalculated how many days we we're going to be there. I told her how many days I was going to be there, which was five, but I didn't calculate the drive back. And so I got there, got the steroid and it did, it gave me like energy and like life force inside of my body. I'm like, whoa. Like this actually works. But as I told you, like cortisol ups and downs throughout the day. Right. And so I was having that throughout the day. So I was actually able to have some fun time with my kids at Disneyland, but then I would crash and I'm like, I was done for and I'd have to go back to the hotel and I'd send my husband with the kids or they would just play at the hotel while I was just in bed. Right. And, um, so, (laughs) um, got to day five and as the world would have, there's never any accidents, right? There's never any coincidences or anything as the world would have, as luck would have a, a travel nurse that I had worked with, um, who worked with me when I lost my son in the NICU, um, saw that I had like posted a picture, um, at Disneyland with my kids. And she's like, Cindy, you're here. I'm like, what do you mean here? Cause she travels all over. Right. And she's like, I'm, I'm here. I'm in, I'm in LA. I'm going to see, I'm coming to see you and the kids. Cause she had bonded with my kids while she was there and she would send Christmas presents to my kids. And, and she called my, my oldest daughter, her little butterfly. Cause she had got her this butterfly costume or seen her in this butterfly picture. And anyway, she wanted to come see me and the kids and she had no idea what I'm going through. Right. With my health. And I didn't want to tell her, I didn't want to admit to anybody what was going on. I was just going to have a good time until I couldn't anymore. And so I'm like, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't come to you. I can't meet you anywhere. Cause I couldn't leave the hotel, but I wasn't telling her that. She's like, that's okay. I'll come to you. She's like, I'm calling off work. I'm calling off work and I'm coming to you. So she called off work. She came to me at the hospital. I had my husband like prop me up in the lounge downstairs and like, cause he, he knew I was bad and critical. Um, but I didn't want her to know. So I'm like, like prop me up on the couch. Like literally had to help me to the couch and like sit me up and like did put some makeup on to pretend I had color my face and the kid, I had the kids around me. And so she's like visiting with the kids and having a good time, but she knew, she knew something was wrong. Right. I'm like pretending everything's fine. But finally she's like, Cindy, what, what's going on with you? Like what's wrong? And I, I'm like smiling and I'm looking at the kids and I'm just like, "Mm." finally I'm like, she could tell she so, so, I told my husband to, to take the kids back to the room or go to the pool or whatever they did. And so I could talk to her one-on-one and let her know what was up. And she's like, and I told her the whole story and, um, she's like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, I'm glad they figured it out. I'm glad they know what it is. Like we got to get you home and get you fixed up, get you on steroids. You know, like she's like rallying me to hold on another day. And, but I, I knew at that point, like I was out of steroids and I knew like I didn't have, I knew like that was literally my life force. Every time I took that little tiny pill and it was three times a day and I knew I had taken my last one and I didn't have any more. 
And so, but I'm like, okay, maybe I can hold on. Cause I had held on a lot through, through this whole thing. Like maybe I could hold on to get home. So anyway, went to bed that night and, uh, was supposed to meet her for breakfast. She ended up getting a, she's like, I'm staying here tonight to make sure you're okay. Like I'm going to be your personal nurse if you need me. And we were supposed to meet for breakfast and, um, my husband got the kids ready and like, and I couldn't get out of bed. Like I went to sit up and I'd pass out and I like tried to raise my arm to even use my phone to like message her. And I couldn't like, there was nothing left in me. And I look at my legs and they're purple and like big splotches and like, and like, like it was a very surreal experience. And so my husband who wants me to be okay. Right. And he's like, come on, let's go. Like, you're fine. I'll help you. You know, I'm like, I can't, I can't. I'm like, can you please let her know? Like, I, I, I just can't make it. So he went down with the kids and told her and she immediately comes up to the room. He gave her a key card and she comes in and takes one look at me and she calls my husband. She's like, you know, leave the kids down at breakfast for a minute. Cause I, you know, they were okay by themselves for a minute. And she's like, come up here. And he tells her, she tells him, cause she's an ICU nurse and critical care nurse. And she's done this a lot longer than I had. She, and she's done it all over and she's seen a lot of things in her life. She says, I've seen one other patient that looked like you. And I called the doctor and told him this patient needs cortisol and needs it now and needs to be in ICU now or they're going to die. And it was the middle of the night and the doctor's like, Oh, they'll be fine till morning, blah, blah, blah. And she, she kept calling back and calling back and calling back. And it's like, you need to get this patient to ICU now. They're going to be dead by morning. And doctor didn't listen and the patient died by the morning. And so she's like, Cindy, you need to get to the ER and get steroids right now. I'm like, I'm, you know, and she's like, get back, get back to St. George, which is a six hour drive and go right in. They're going to have everything set up for you. You know, you've got your nurse practitioner, they've got all your labs, like they'll be ready for you when you get there, just get there and they'll, they'll fix you. And so she's rallying me and I'm like, okay, great. Well, I can't sit up or I pass out. Like I can't. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to the store right now. I'm going to go to the store and I'm going to get topical steroids and rub it all over your body. And I'm going to get you extra and you keep rubbing it on your body till you go home. And it was brilliant. It worked. Like it gave me enough energy to get in the car. I had to lay the seat down. I couldn't sit up, but I had to lay the seat down. And like every couple hours I had to rub more steroids on my body. And I drove straight to the ER well, I had my husband, I didn't drive. My husband was driving. He drove me straight to the ER after dropping the kids off so he could stay with me. And um, my practitioner calls me because she knew I was supposed to be back by then. And she's like, Cindy, where are you? I'm like, I'm in the ER. She's like, oh, good. Oh, good. She's like, all right. Like, and I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, I'm in the ER wait- waiting room. I'm sprawled out on the couch flat because I can't sit up. I'm like, there's nobody here in the waiting room, but they know who I am at that point. And they saw me literally roll their eyes when they see me and see my name and tell me to have a seat and wait. And she's like, I've, I've already called them. They have a room for you. Like they're waiting for you. Like, just tell them who you are. They have a bed waiting for you. And I'm like, I, I did tell them who I am. Like, and I'm 
laid out in the ER. So she's making phone calls back to the back and I'm being gatekeeped in the ER because the ER docs still think that I'm crazy and drug seeking and whatever else. And, uh, and then she calls me and she's now crying because they're now fighting against her telling her she has no privileges and no rights in the hospital and she doesn't know what she's talking about and there's nothing wrong with me and they can't do anything for me. And I'm like, well, she's like, Cindy, I'm going to keep fighting. She's like, you keep stay there. Do not leave there. And I'm like, I can't leave here if I wanted to, like I'll die in this ER or waiting room, but I'm not, I can't go anywhere. So she kept making phone calls and, um, and I just stayed there. They finally took me back and they come in, the phlebotomist comes in and, and, or the doctor, the ER doc comes in. He's like, okay, well, we're going to run some labs on you. And every time I'd been in there and my, now, now this is the fourth time in a week and a half little less than two weeks. Every time I'd been in, they'd taken 28 vials of blood from me and I had no more blood to give. And I said, please, you have drawn every lab on me possible three times in the last week and a half. Only order what you need because I don't know if I have the blood to give. And the phlebotomist comes in and she's got, and I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I have witnesses, but like she has a smirk on her face and a handful of vials, 28 vials and like plops them down. And I'm like, well, I hope I have enough blood to give you. And she draws and I'm like, can you please ask the doctor if they have to have all that? Cause I don't think I have that in me. And she's like, this is what he ordered. And you know, just like really snarky with me. And, um, so she goes to draw my blood and I literally, the blood comes out of me and it's, pink and watery and it's not red and it's no, there's no blood in my body. And the look on her eyes, she was like, Oh shit. And she stopped after like two and a half files and she's like, I'll be right back. And by then, you know, my husband's there, my best friend was there whose husband is a cardiac nurse that helped me the previous time. Like she's my best friend. He and I were all really close. So anyway, she was in there with me and my husband was in there with me and they're like, we're not leaving here till you get what you need. And this time went by so fast too. I thought I could get this out in one episode and I think this is going to have to be at least a three parter, if not a four parter, but I'll keep going until our time's up. Um, and so an internist comes in. It's not the ER doctor. An internist comes in. And I, I knew this internist. He didn't recognize me, but he was actually the same internist. He was a family doctor. Like my first husband, who by that time had taken his life to suicide, it was um, his sister was his MA when my baby passed away. And he was our primary care physician at the time, even though he's an internist, which is usually left for, for elderly or um high risk critical people, like he could be a, a private practitioner as well. So he was our personal practitioner cause we knew him, you know? And so when my baby died, like he, we went to him and he wrote for our grief leave and everything. And then when my husband died, say the things. So he knew who I was, but by then I had remarried. My last name was different and I looked completely different. Um, for one, like after I, when I had babies, like I had 
a lot of weight on me. I'd put on a lot of weight when I had babies and when you're a grief and everything else. Like I, I had a lot of weight on me back when he knew me. And at this point I had no weight on me. I was skin and bones cause I was dying and I had been dying for years, but literally like I was emaciated and I look like a skeleton in this bed and my last name's different. And he had already gotten updated from the ER that I'm crazy and or hypochondriac and or drug seeking and that there's nothing wrong with me and that I need to just leave. And so he, without even looking up, he comes down with his head down, looking in the clip, uh, his clipboard. And he said, there's nothing wrong with you. We're sending you home. And I'm like, what do you mean? There's nothing wrong with me. I'm like, I'm in a cortisol crisis. And he's like, no, you're not. And I'm like, what do you mean I'm not in a cortisol crisis? I'm like, you have my lab work there. I have no cortisol in me. He's like, you don't need cortisol. I'm like, yes, you do. You need some level of cortisol. No, you don't. Because remember I told you the scale? Like you can get really low on cortisol. You can't get to zero. Well, you can, but you won't survive. But anyway, um, I said, well, you need cortisol or ACTH. I have neither. And I said, if I'm not in a cortisol crisis, then you tell me what's wrong with me. But I'm not leaving here until you do. Wow. Come back for part three, I guess. (laughs) Thank you for joining us on this path of self-discovery and soul connection. Remember, the journey doesn't end here. For more inspiration and resources, join our Facebook group, Igniting Soul Connection. Also, visit us at findingthefire.com or follow us on TikTok and Instagram at findingthefire. Until next time, keep the fire alive. This has been a production from a podcast studio.